Every week it's like, is this the good Isaiah or the strict Isaiah or the, but it's all, uh, we have to look at um, uh, criticism as good because we can learn from it. And so, um, and in fact, that's really why a lot of this is in here is that you recognize certain things in society. Um, last week, like we talked about the challenge of, of, of the way they talked with certain curse words. And you won't hear that else. It's, it's, it's really from scripture that a person should talk in a refined way and that you just don't, you don't talk about things in a certain way, that it's just not proper. It just, it sets a certain tone for society. Yeah. The shame of it is in American culture, we've turned that into humor. And so people like people to smile and be happy. So they start cursing because they think they'll get, that's a form of humor. I know with guys it is, I don't know, you know, but in, and it's, People don't mean anything bad. They don't mean the words they use, but it's certainly not, it's not a holy way to be. <laughs> you know, if you can avoid it, it's not a, uh, the, the, there's a Gemara that says that um, uh, comedians, if a person cheers people up, they have a share in the world to come. If that's the kind of person they are, that they want to cheer people up, then that's great. That could be a big mitzvah. And there are people, it comes from a good place to want to cheer people up, but it's, they sometimes ha- have strange feelings about how to get people to laugh. They like, oh, I have to do a practical joke to him. Well, he's laughing, but he's told to laugh, but it's really not funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just, it's become humor. Humor is you do something to someone and then, you know, he's supposed to laugh or you use dirty language or you, and I'm part of the culture too, but it's, um, it's a shame because a lot of these things are, you shouldn't have to make fun of somebody or insult him or surprise him and then he's supposed to laugh because, oh, you got me. You know, that's, uh, um, especially on the East Coast, it's very common that people will insult you to get you to smile or to get you to, you know, oh, you got me or, you know, or that's a good one or that's a, uh, and you're supposed to take it that way. Or, uh, but really, sometimes people can be very offensive and they, but it comes from a good place, but it's just, um, it's not a good thing intrinsically to, uh, to do that. But, uh, so that was, that was interesting. We also are finding that uh, a series of punishments, a series of warnings, and it describes Hashem's hand still hanging over us, meaning that it's not enough. Um, there's, there, it's, like a, it's like a warning or a small punishment, and the people are still continuing, and so it continues on. And um, we're going through the tragedy of the um, disintegration of the ten tribes, really, the first exile. We tend not to talk about it because we're from the two tribes, we're from, and that happened more, uh, more closer to our time, uh, but that was, uh, we see ourselves as part of a whole of the 12 tribes, and we're, and we're missing that, we're missing the rest of those tribes. So we are in uh, Yeshayahu chapter 9, I believe. We yeah, we didn't finish oh. nine. We're close. Uh, we're actually very close to the end, I think. Seventeen. 17. That's that's what I had remembered. But um, unless I at the last minute said, "Oh, we can finish this and that," but we'll go back mm-hmm. to seventeen. Um, the um, sixteen was uh, this repeat that uh, again. If you look, sixteen was the discussion about the language, and that's why it said, uh, "Young men." His. Again, this is the poetry. His mouth utters degeneracy. 
I was a you know a teenager, that wouldn't mean anything to me. I don't know what degenerate, what's a degenerate or a degenerate, but it, but that's what it means. It means that people uh, said things in a base way, and it's not funny. It's not a. It's a. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. If you think of most of the things that are said, mm-hmm. ninety-five percent of them denigrate women. Hmm. Right. Right. I think of the original Jewish comedians. They really made fun of themselves. They did. That's I mean, right. That's right. We could identify, <laughs> right. and that was there was a. I told you we went to. Um, in Nashville, Grand Ole Oh, okay, right. Clean as the driven snow. I wow, mean, this right. guy was so funny. He was Asian. Mm-hmm. And he, he made, you know, like everyone wanted to sit near him because the Chinese kids are, t- are smart. Mm-hmm. And he had to tell, oh, the, uh, he said, I grew up in, in uh, North Korea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, don't count on me. <laughs> I see. But uh, right. it was clean. It was funny. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, when you can sit next to a grandchild and not be embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Right. That's terrific. Okay, yeah. Watch commercials. <laughs> right. Right. So that's really what he was complaining about. And again, we we have to set the example. We have to try to please Hashem and and choose the proper ways to do things. But that was a part of the 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 complaint there. The words of, in the previous part. But he said, and then he said what the punishment would be. And then we have this verse that's repeated a few times. With all of this, Hashem's anger has not subsided, and his hand is outstretched against us. That was the, um, uh, the handwriting on the wall, so to speak. We were worthy of re- replacing the nation that was in the land of Israel uh, only as long as we were better than them, only as long as we were, uh, would do things right. But once uh, Israel really had to be earned, it had to be... We have to be a holy people, and then we can merit to be in Hashem's palace. And so, um, uh, at this point in society, things were not ideal, and Hashem's hand was stretched out against what was happening in the ten tribes. Uh, we talked about a few things. Um, we're going to mention it a little more clear here. Um, the, the sin is interesting because it's about arrogance. And you might say, what does it say? Like, so what? A person sticks his nose up. What did he do? But uh, it says Hashem can't stand arrogance. You know, it says like there's, no, there's not enough room in this world for me and an arrogant person. You know, it's like a, um, you could keep kosher and you could keep Shabbos, but if you have an attitude, then it's, you know, like what have you done? Risha. He says anger burns like a fire. Shama rishis tochel. And it, uh, it's going to burn up. Uh, the flowers, it's going to burn up everything. Um, and um, it's because of the, uh, um, the, the attitude of the people, the, the arrogance. The Everest Hashem's focus, and it's in Hashem's, um, Hashem has a wrath uh, um, uh, about this. Uh, and the people will be like charcoal. Ish each person won't take pity on each other. And uh, he didn't tell us yet what this final straw will be. And the final straw will be the people are fighting amongst each other, brother against brother. Uh, it's going to say, It talks about the right and the left. It's funny because our society likes to use the words the right and the left. And the, so it talks about the right and the left. And, but basically, when you fight with um, your brother, it's like you're eating your own flesh because uh, it's our brother. You know, it, um, 
people aren't supposed to fight with each other. That was the, what really did in the Ten Tribes. Uh, initially, uh, they bring very interesting that uh, um, when uh, the, um, the, originally when David Melech was running away from Saul, uh, Shaul Melech, uh, being king, you have to protect your monarchy. And he perceived that David was a threat to that. Really, he wasn't, but he didn't know David. And so David had to go into hiding. And when David went into hiding, there were people who told on him, David Amalek's hiding over here. And they thought they were doing a mitzvah or whatever, but um, the Medrash says that Shoal was not successful in war because the people told on one another. And, and they bring a proof that, they, that whenever David hid, somebody always told Shoal, oh, by the way, there he is, you know. Mm-hmm. And we're not supposed to tell on one another. You know, you're not supposed to, you have to be... Um, you have to be good with your, with your family, with your friends, with your neighbors. Um, and it, when Eliyahu was uh, hiding in the Ten Tribes, when Jezebel was trying to get him, nobody found him because they didn't tell on one another and they were successful in war. And the Ten Tribes weren't so good with God. They were a little bit, they were into idolatry and yet they were successful in war. And the two tribes were very holy in the base of Migdush, and they weren't successful in war. And it says the difference is that in one place they were good to each other, and when you're good to each other, Hashem always looks favorably on you. Whereas in the two tribes, they weren't good to each other at that point. So um, over here, it's mentioning the final straw in the ten tribes was that Ephraim and Menashe, which are the two sons of Yosef, the same same mother, the same father, the same everything, they're fighting with each other. And uh, that's um, uh, unity. There's a lot to be said for. Uh, very, very much. Uh, um, that should be a core value of, of, of having unity. Uh, as much as we disagree with people and as much as sometimes people don't act the way they should, we always have to question, is this going to hurt our unity? Sometimes you could talk to people and you, you can love people and still tell them what you know that you think they're doing wrong. And sometimes it's going to cause everything to break apart and it's going to descend into petty, he insulted me, I'm going to insult him, I got to get him back. Uh, but that's what it says was one of the final straws over here in verse 20. Um, that they, uh, Ephraim is fighting with Menashe. Oh my goodness. It's one thing if Ephraim and Menashe fight with Yehuda. That brother's fighting, that goes on, you know, the older and the younger, okay, that could happen. But when the two, you know, the twins, you know, they fight with each other, then you're in real trouble. So that's the, uh, that's what's mentioned over here. And then, um, now maybe it's, now we're beginning chapter 10. Um, for some reason, they called this two chapters. It really isn't. But again, the chapter breakups were just a convenience. It was nothing necessarily wholly about where one sh- chapter begins or starts, at least not in our version. Um, and it continues on uh, with a description. So uh, we'll just pull back for a second with the time frame. So what happened was Sancheriv, uh, the king of Assyria, we have the same neighbors in the Middle East, they do this, from the same lands and the same, and they're always enemies with Israel, you know, the, but uh, uh, he... Um, comes and he conquers the ten tribes. And he's slowly working on conquering Yehuda, uh, the two tribes. And he's basically conquered most of Yehuda, uh, but the one big city, Yerushalayim, has not been conquered. And most of the people were running to the big city for protection. And so he's surrounded Yerushalayim. And uh, in his mind, it's just a matter of time because he's conquered much greater cities than Yerushalayim, much stronger cities, defeated. I mean, the, two tri- the ten tribes were much stronger and they, w- they went quickly. And so he imagined to finish off the Jews would not take much. 
Uh, and so uh, we had in the previous chapter how at the end of the day, it was because of the righteousness of the king, of the leader, that uh, all was not lost. That was Kiskiyahu. But uh, we're going to continue on with that narrative leading up to the miracle where his army is going to be defeated at once. But uh, even though his army is going to be defeated, he still killed a lot of Jews. There still was a lot of war. War is never, you can never celebrate too much. There's always casualties. You know, you can win a war. Um, the uh, uh, World War I, the, the certain countries won World War I, and they were devastated afterwards because they spent all that money and there were so many people killed, and so they won. So what did it do? You know, it didn't, uh, uh, even winning a war is not winning, really. A war is a terrible thing. So uh, we're going to win the war, and it's going to be amazing. The Jewish people will continue. Uh, but meanwhile, there's an anger and a wrath, and we also have to think about the ten tribes were destroyed, and they still ain't back. Uh, we're still missing that to this day, the full uh, value of having all the different energies and the different things that each of the ten tribes would have to bring to the table. So he continues on. And the ho is the woes. Those are the, there are certain things that have become such a pattern that we declare woe, like this has got a, this is, what a shame. Oven, woe to those. Um, and and again, sometimes you read these. You say, what does this have to do with us? And it has lots to do with us. Uh, this one talks about people that are deceitful in business. And um, again, you got to teach us the young people. <laughs> you know, some people they think it's a good trick to fool people or to get involved in shady, you know, shady businesses. Uh, the big thing now is cryptocurrency or other stuff. There's, all, there's always, um, un, unfortunately, some people, they don't see that. They say, well, you know, everybody does it, you know, or it's okay if, and they don't realize that uh, this, is, uh, uh, this is one of the causes for destruction where people get involved in shady practices and dishonesty. So this is talking about people that uh, they forge things and they write false things, lahatos, Midin Dalim. And uh, why do they do that? Because they want to take away people's money. They come up with schemes uh, to get people to invest money and they, uh, uh, the people are never going to get their money back. And they think this is wonderful. Why? Because they, they, they somehow get people to part with their money. Midin Dalim. Mishpat Ani Ami. And they, they want to steal from the poor of my people. And they, they look for the people that are the most disadvantaged. Um, they mostly pray, they like to prey on elderly people because many times elderly people have uh, what they work for their whole lives. They have their pensions and they have their funds. And then uh, because they don't know, they, they figure out how they can scare them. Uh, elderly people, and then they, oh, you know, it's the government, it's this, it's that. Yeah. Um, sometimes they pretend to be your grandchild, you know, or something, and they convince them. There's all kinds of scams out there. The, uh, 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 it, it, my uh, mother was, uh, she should be well, she lives in like an assisted living facility, and um, there are people that get the phone numbers of the people there, especially, um, she has a neighbor who's a retired doctor, and they figure all doctors are rich. And they get calls, you know, you won the lottery, now just give me your information or the, you know, a few times a day from different, you know, and, and the person is older and they get nervous, maybe I should answer this and what should I do? And they told me I want all this money. And, um, 
and you try to tell them, no, you didn't win the money, and they, they, it, doesn't, it doesn't go in. They don't get it. And they, it just makes them nervous, makes them sick over it. You know, they won money, they lost money, the bank needs their help. It's a different story all the time. But there are industries that are set up to try to con uh, people, the helpless people, you know, that don't have, uh, uh, they don't know, someone calls and tells them this is what they need to do. They figure they need to do it. Uh, so that's the, they had those kind of people in those days. Uh, orphans, orphans are, are usually young and they don't have their, their parents to worry about them. Now this is fascinating. This uses the word Shoah, which is the word we have for a Holocaust. It's pretty much, I have to do a search, but you're not going to find that word in too many places. Um, they were hard pressed when they looked for a word for Holocaust. They wanted to use um, a certain kind of word. It could, a calamity wasn't enough, you know, or a slaughter wasn't enough. They want, we're looking for a word that would... Uh, and so they took this word here, shoya. It's right over here in verse 3. Um, they, what, he doesn't even translate it as a holocaust. He calls it a catastrophe. Um, uh, the, uh, or the, but what... Uh, basically, the catastrophe was going to be when these armies were going to come and invade the land of Israel. Um, and they were going to come from far off Al mean Tanusu, who are we going to run to for help? In other words, when society is cheating and taking advantage of the poor and the weak and the orphans, uh, and then you're inviting a holocaust, and then who are you going to turn to? And uh, where will you leave your glory? Uh, and there will be people that will uh, be made prisoners and people who will be killed. And even once this happens, which is this uh, band of armies coming through, Hashem's anger is still there. It's a, um, there, I suppose different parts of society have different problems, but societies have to address this. You can't allow people to take advantage of, uh, take, a, take away people's monies from people, take advantage of them. Yeah. The translation for a Uh-huh. The I think the word destruction. There, it's like the building was destroyed. The temple was charav. Uh, was uh, um, I, think, I think that's where that word comes from. So, so here we go. Verse five. Hoy Asher. Another. Um, now, sometimes you think that the one who does the punishing must be an angel or must be good. Uh, no, they're going to get punished for uh, for being the one that does the punishment. If they did it because they they were doing the will of Hashem, it's one thing. But if they do it because they're violent and they love overrunning countries, so don't think Assyria is going to enjoy uh, the uh, all the booty and all the things that they've gotten. They are Hashem's stick. They they've served as a useful tool to punish uh, uh, punish us. They are the stick of. Hashem's anger, matu beyadam azami. That's they are able to show Hashem's wrath. Begoy chanef ashel chanu, and um, and uh, they are being sent against hypocritical people. Val am avrasi yatsevenu, and against the people who I've been angered. They, it's not bec- there's different reasons why people are successful in war. Sometimes they're righteous and Hashem rewards them, and sometimes their enemy needs to be punished. And so what it's saying over here is don't think 
that you Assyrians are so wonderful. No, not at all. It's just that they are a tool to punish the, uh, the people that have uh, uh, not acted correctly, that are hypocritical, and the people that have uh, uh, taken advantage of others. Vuhulo uh, kein yidma. Uh, but the uh, the army that attacks has no idea. Ulo vavul in their hearts they think they're the greatest. And they think that they are out to destroy all the other nations, and somehow that's okay. These countries would destroy everything, and then in the end they would be destroyed. That's that's really what's going to happen with San Cheriv. And uh, here he's going to mention. Uh, not only that, they didn't see themselves as a messenger of Hashem. They saw themselves as somehow in the fights between the gods, uh, the idols. They, they also worshipped idols. Um, and he's going to quote that. Hello, Kirkamish Kulanu And they were saying that, well, we killed, we destroyed all the pagan cities, so why are the Jewish cities not any, any different? In other words, is Samaria like Damascus? Imlo Kadameshek Shomron. Which, again, today we have both those cities. You know, Damashek uh, is uh, Damascus and Shomron is uh, Syria, is um, Samaria. Hello, Kasher, Sisi, Shomron, Allah. They said, well,